When I go to Sacramento, I will pump up Sacramento. 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 Turner Sparks just got married and has moved home to America after 12 years living in China. Sir Michael Ira Kaplan has two kids, a wife, a job, and has spent his entire life in the USA. Neither one can figure their country out. This is Lost in America. All right, everybody, welcome to Lost in America, episode 180. My name's Turner Sparks. And I'm Cap in America. You can find me at Turner Sparks on Instagram. You can find Kaplan at K-A-P, Cap in America on Instagram. Also, and, this and show. And Twitter. And Twitter. And this show is on Instagram. We're at uh, Lost in America Pod on Instagram. We used to put up daily videos. I used to do that back when I didn't have like 37 jobs. Now I don't yeah. do that as much anymore. But I tell you, one of these days I'm going to quit one to two of these jobs and then... You will see the videos come back. So subscribe over there. Kaplan, 180 episodes. I want to get to that. We have new Patreon subscribers. I want to get to that. But before I get to all this, our guest today, the great William Childress, stand-up comedian William Childress. We started comedy together out in Shanghai about a decade ago and um and now he's been he we then moved to Myanmar and he lived there for years he did our he, podcast he was on our podcast once yeah exactly talked about that he started the comedy scene in Myanmar which is pretty uh, pretty impressive and then now he's been living in Georgia the past couple years which is possibly more scary than the comedy scene in Myanmar exactly well you never know yeah they're really rolling the dice which yeah. I like, you know, Billy the beast he's in right now. They're so saying, Hey, we're going to open up. We don't care about coronavirus. Well, we don't, not that we don't care, but we think it's a hoax. And so yeah, right. we're going to, they got to transition back to greatness. That's what they're saying. Here's the thing. We don't know. None of us really know. None of it. You don't know. I don't know. No, we're not scientists. We don't know what the real, so they're being our <laughs> test case. They are. Yeah, testing they're, the, it. they're the guinea pigs of the nation. They're the, the Belarus the, of America. We had Belarus they, last the week. control study, the control group of America as a yeah. The so I mean, honestly, what I think is they're the real heroes. You know, they are. They're laying their their forget doctors, right? It's oh, really yes. well. <laughs> except maybe so you're saying at seven o'clock tonight, I'm going to get outside and I'm going to bang some pots and pans in the direction of Georgia. Yes. I'm going to turn south. And they're going to hear me. All right. That's yeah, what I'm going to do. They're, they're letting us all know what's coming, whether good or yeah. bad. And yeah. so Sacrifice. we're going to have I'm, – I'm, I'm fascinated by this. I want to know what it's like to go out, what it's like to – are people in malls? Are people in bars? William Childress is going to come on. He's going to tell us yeah. all that. He's right. He's embedded. He's our embedded journalist right there down there in Atlanta. Yeah, that's what we said. When this process started, we promised the audience we're going to have comedians from all sorts of hot spots. Exactly. So now we have William Childress, and uh, this should be fascinating, fascinating to me. But don't skip ahead because we have a lot of things coming before that. Namely, yeah. I want to give a shout out. We have two new Patreon subscribers this week. But you know what? They're so important to me, they feel like 20. It feels mm. like we're talking uh, uh, one Stephen Moshe Kaplan, right? Oh, yeah. That's my, my uh, youngest brother. Over in the Holy Land, speaking in, of all, all over the place. Yeah. In Israel. And, He's our dispatch. And, and he joined because we had my dad, Dr. Bob Kaplan, was on, on, the, on the Patreon show last week and diagnosing your footage situation so he had to hear it and he joined for that and he loves the show he says he's, he's hooked yeah and to everyone who missed the entire last week of patreon shows i uh what could have been i i injured my foot wasn't sure broken sprain what of it we had dr bob kaplan come on do telemedicine he is the foot doctor to the pod 
He is the foot doctor to him. He's America's foot doctor, much like Dr. Fauci is America's um, whatever he yeah. might be. He, he, they're about the same height, and uh, my dad was not a point guard, but yeah, pretty much. He was, the, he's, he was a wrestler. So, and yeah. if you want to find out what the result was of my foot, subscribe to the podcast. How about that? We're not telling you on here. Exactly. But anyway, Stephen Bush Kaplan joined. Kaplan joined. It's great to have him on board. You know, it's not a show until the full Kaplan clan is on board, so I'm happy about exactly. that. And, and then, then of course, we, have- we had Mandy D. Ferrari out there in Sacramento, Jim and Mandy. And uh, I've known them my entire life. They're my Stephen Moshe Kaplans, you know? <laughs> They're the people I grew up with out in Sacramento. Sacramento, if you're from the West Coast, you don't grow up around family. This whole thing that, you know, it was a big shock to me, a culture shock to go back to the East Coast. And people go, well, what are you doing uh, tonight? Well, we're going to our cousins for dinner. And then tomorrow night, well, it's our other cousins. And then the next night, our uncle. Well, when you get out to California, listen, Cap, these are pioneers out there. You didn't, yes. this, the whole thing of going to California is you left the families behind. They stayed behind it, for the winter. They didn't my, make it through. They didn't get through. They weren't in the Donner Party. They weren't trying to force the gold rush. They were there for the you, you, yes, <laughs> so searching then, for a better life or religious freedom or whatever. That's that California spirit. That's so. the spirit. That's the gold miner spirit. And so then the uh, Mandy, Jim D. Ferrari, they become your family. These are oh, the people. adopted family. <laughs> you go to their house for Christmas. You go to their house on Thanksgiving. Hey, then yeah. 49ers in the Super Bowl. We're going to the D. Ferrari. You know, it's these families that you grow up with. And uh, and, and you know who else is in that family? The Leverings, who the, who the people who are now uh, clients, these big people, clients of, uh, of, uh, of Gideon Cohen. But that's two in the weeds. OK, <laughs> back to the show. Back to the show. So uh, out of the weeds, out of the weeds. Speaking of this. So thank you to all of them. Kaplan, hey. I had a, my first Zoom show, my first uh, first of many. Well, now of many, we sold it out. It was last Friday night. We did it. It's my Brooklyn. I used to have a show back in the old days on in Brooklyn every Friday night at 8 p.m. And now we did this one show, the exact same. It's called The Living Room Show. We did it on Zoom. We sold 100 people signed up. We sold it out. Your sister, your mother watched. Uh, we had the other Mike Kaplan on. Begrudge, I, I apologize to you. He was great. Yeah, He's a they, great person. They, they didn't watch him, but, you know, so they they, 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 they were unity. Kaplan's don't like other Kaplans. So they boycotted yeah. him, yeah, which Very is great. Cool. And, um, and so, anyway, that show was a blast. We are now doing it every single Friday night on Zoom. Go to turnersparks.com to get tickets to to that 8 p.m. Eastern. You can watch it wherever you are in the world. And people were everywhere in the world. There was people in yeah. California. There was people in, uh, I don't know, probably Georgia sitting in it. They were bowling. And while they were bowling, they yeah. were watching my show. You might never go back to regular comedy. What's the point? You, this is much easier. There's no point. And the best part of this whole thing is that if you get a heckler, boom, you can mute them. Yeah. I can see this becoming your new life. You can never do you know, that in real life. I didn't, there was no mute no, button on did. the audience, but now there is. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm so you don't need to have a good comeback. So yeah. I have another one tonight. By, by the time this show comes out, this would have already happened, but this show's going to be packed. So anyway, every Friday night, get tickets, turnersparks.com. Now, Cap, let's get on to you because Misha Kaplan last week was giving you some hot tips. Misha, on- Ka- Misha Kaplan? Sorry, Misha, Misha Kalen was giving you. Misha Everyone's a Kaplan. Kaplan. Yeah, so he, he, we talked about it on the podcast. On Belarusian Belarus- soccer, how, gambling how on Belarusian soccer. How we talking about yeah, Belarus is still open. He promised me some tips, and on our Patreon show, he delivered. And uh, yeah, I on the Patreon show, you would have heard that I listened. The first tip of his, I, I lost on the first team. Um, the, well, the well immense, you're saying that he gave you three teams to gamble on, and you put money on all three of them. I put three on all, all three, and I lost the first bet, and then the second bet, I I went through the whole range of emotions as a gambler. Um, 
And then I realized after the game that I thought I won that I had the wrong Minsk. I had FC Minsk, and he had given me Dynamo Minsk. So I I was following along for no reason. You bet on the so wrong team. Two, and how much money I, was this that you were betting here? I bet fifty each game. Uh, so then I had so Mother's Day I had two games outstanding. I had the proper Minsk, Dynamo Minsk, and I had some other team I can't pronounce. The Shvoli, whatever you you told me the name. It's and, always uh, good to bet on um, one the wrong see, team and the other team you can't pronounce. Yeah, well, I have to in the future gambling. I have to bet on every team from one city, so I make sure to get the right one. So if you the Mets, Yankees, you bet them all. So just cover your so bases. Anyway, yeah, yeah. So the quick update is is that I one of the games I follow along, and we gave up an own goal in like the first five minutes, <laughs> and then uh, we lost that one two to uh, two to one. I, and then the other wait, game, you, I you're actually, talking about. Wait, sorry, own goal. You scored. Your team scored on their the, own team. My team scored on their own team. Now, what I, I, level? Yeah, so. that, that, I was wondering this before you started this. What level of a soccer player are we talking about here? Playing in the know. Belarusian professional league. I don't know. I should probably check out FIFA and see what the ratings are on these players. I mean, but... scoring on your own goal is something we used to do in second and, grade. And We're... also, point shaving. A great way if you're throwing games for gamblers is to just score on your own goal. Of like, course. It's like, what yeah. I, it's like what I do when I play my kids and I want them to beat me at something. I accidentally, you know, so... It's very basic. You don't really want to gamble in any league that has a lot of own goals, I would imagine. It's like watching an NBA game and the guy dunks on his own basket. Yeah, you don't see that very often, right? But you might see it in Belarusian basketball. I don't <laughs> <Yeah>. know. <laughs> so, um, and then the second game is even uh, better because I, I took the team that he told me to take. They were one and a half goal underdogs, which doesn't happen very often in soccer. It only happens in a real bad team. But I took him anyway, and they were losing four to three, and it's like the 93rd minute. It's extra time. There's... So usually in that situation, you feel like you're good. The other team is just playing defense or whatever. I didn't see the highlight. I don't know how this happened. I'm guessing they maybe they pulled their goalie or something. Somehow they allowed a goal in like the 94th minute of a game. So I lost uh, 5-3. to three. The, the, the other team won. So oh, I lost both no. games. So Wait, I went 0-3. No oh Once again, if you're up 4-3, you're usually not on the attack in the 95th minute. Right. It's hard to score. The only way you score is if the other team goes, like, all offensive. Like, we need to get this tie so they badly. pull the we, goalie, like in hockey. pull their goalie. And you, you just chuck the puck down, and it somehow goes right. in because nobody's but covering that, it. But in my understanding of soccer, is teams don't usually do that in regular season games because they play in the system where you get a point for a tie, but it's like you – like it's not that big of a like it's not that much motivation to go all out like this in a regular yes. season game. But. This this stinks of mafia ties. Yeah, so I'm probably in the wrong. I'm probably betting with the wrong mafia, or maybe uh, Misha's mobbed up and he needs to get guys to sucker in and lose bets. So I guess not way he's making his keep. You're I don't a patsy, know. Kaplan. So Misha, you need to give me some three new picks. I want to make new bets for this week because now I'm a little addicted. I got to win back my money. Oh, I like so. it. You lost all three, but you're coming back for more. Well, I also think I also think about basic statistics, and I know this is not accurate, but it's like when you bet red and roulette and you lose, you bet red again. You're like, I have to win red eventually. In fact, I should bet double each time until it hits red. Yeah, you're due. I kind of, I, I kind of want to bet a hundred each game until I, until I win, right? On the same teams, maybe I don't know. I think it's a so. great idea. I think it's a fabulous idea. And All right, now, we'll do uh, it. so that's that. We'll keep updating on your Belarusian but I am still, gambling. Yeah, and I am still teaching though. Um, you know, my day job is I'm a homeschool teacher, um, and I'm I'm back on my own because Randy Kaplan is off the furlough. She's off the dole. She's back in employment land. Oh, really? So she's work. She was day one. She's working from home, and she's going to have to go on some leave the house a couple times for oh, some. Oh, congratulations job, but, to her! Does the Department of Labor know about this, or do yeah, they not she, need well, to know? 
No, they need to know. She's being. She does get paid legally. So the, her company got the PPE, whatever PPP, payroll protection. So yeah, so she'll still get unemployment for like this is the last time she files because last week she didn't make money. But so anyway, it's like a big mental. Like I have to adjust because I went a month or five weeks or six weeks, however long it's been of of not of uh, Randy also being unemployed. So I've been not used to her doing half the teaching. You know. Sure. So, so it's a huge adjustment for me to being like, oh shit, I'm the only one doing this. She's in the you bedroom. You were mostly rolling teaching golf. The Price is Right, from what I understand. I was, I was mostly focusing on Teddy because he listens to me more and it's easier. <laughs> and Ruby, I was giving Ruby to Randy, but that was a tough matchup for me. I can't get her to do anything. Your policy was one child left behind. Yeah. So now, so speaking of that, so it's going to be tough to monitor. And speaking of that, today, uh, fittingly enough, we had our first parent-teacher conference of this whole of the whole. Um, Whoa, whoa, wait, what? Whoa, 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 whoa. Kaplan, I don't want to ruin your take here. I I won't. You go ahead. This seems fishy. Uh, How do you have a parent-teacher conference? Right, right. Well, there's not, I mean, it's an obvious take. Like, how do you have a parent-teacher conference when you're sending your kids to school at your house? So the parent-teacher conference should be me having a, me losing my mind, having a conversation with myself, or me having a conversation with Randy now that she's a working mom and doesn't have time to teach her kids. And I've got to give her, though, this is what your kid's doing every day. That's so, what it should be, right? Yeah, so what is it? It is is that we actually like we schedule a time with our teachers and we get on the phone and they uh they start doing the whole thing where they're like, well, like this is the things we're working on. Wait, wait, wait. No, 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 no. Kaplan, they tell they're they're telling you about the kid you're teaching as if they're teaching them. Right. No, they are in full disclosure. The teachers are both great and they they were like they were kind of being like making it seem like this is pretty ridiculous. Like normally what we would do is we'd show you How this art project. Do these kids cause I know that one of the I, I don't know if I'm allowed to say who, but one of the children over here, I'm just not outing them be, not because of them, but because I don't know what I can say about the teacher. But one one of the children in the house I'm living in get school. They get FaceTime with their teacher 30 minutes a week. Mm. And now, and then the rest of the time is left up to uh, the family, the parents to teach this kid. This would be hilarious if this 30 minute a week teacher uh, had a conference call with my brother and his wife and, and Anna and said, uh, okay, here's what, t- if, just to inform you, yeah. here's what uh, the student's doing well in my class. Here's what they're not doing well. No, here it's it's actually even less because the teachers – and I think maybe this is because they don't want to be unfair to kids who like can't figure out the tech or don't have a parent who can help them or whatever. But they don't have any online time with the teacher that's actual teaching. Like they have online time with the teacher um, they, once or twice a week and it's like a chat. It's like optional and they just like have a conversation to try to be social and it's, it's, it's kind of a disaster. The kids aren't into it for the most part. But um, – uh, so they don't do any of that. There's no teaching. So all they do is they send assignments and they send feedback and it doesn't, you know, it's, it's a total sort of waste of time. And then you're on the phone with the teacher and she's like, yeah. So, um, basically the school district passed the thing and it's either you meet standards or you exceed standards and your kid right now meets standards or no, or you don't meet standards. So right now they meet standards. It's pass fail. Um, but like Ruby hasn't handed in one of her like, ready gen <laughs> thing in two weeks. And I bring it up and the teacher's like, even you know, the teacher's like, Wait, Kat, uh, let's well, pause for a second because this is something we talked about on the Patreon show, but I don't know if we've right. touched on here. Oh, right. Yes. Ruby Kaplan, uh, who's in kindergarten, has not, she's quit school and she, in the sense that she has not turned in an, uh, any of her last 10 assignments, not a single one. For, for one subject, for the subject called Ready Gen. And like, up until like now, you, yeah. we get the feeling that her teacher has not noticed. 
Yeah, her teacher has not noticed. She hasn't commented. Meaning that the teacher um, is, is as checked out or more than Ruby Kaplan. <laughs> I mean, I can't blame them if you were saying, you know. So, uh, yeah, and Ruby, you know, we had a real, like, standstill, a game of chicken all weekend. I said, she didn't watch any TV all weekend because I was not going to let her because she didn't do her work. And then uh, today I said, you have four things to do, right? And, like, the four things in my mind are math, reading, the journal that goes with reading, this ready gen thing I just talked about, and it's like, grammar thing and she did the grammar thing and she did the reading part and then she just decided that she was doing um uh gym class which is basically like watching like music videos and dancing to them and art as her two other things and it was like a real like she thinks she checkmated me and i'm like no no tv i'm not falling for this so so this yeah, so that i'll get on the parent teacher conference and it's like i'm asking the teacher like it's like you as a parent you always defer the way like older people or even i do you defer to a doctor's expertise you know sure like you just defer, like I, especially I've been through a heart attack. I defer to doctors. They tell me to do something. I listen. I, I ask questions, but I listen. I, I'm the same way with teachers. Like I do respect teachers, so like I always ask a lot of questions. And whatever they say, I kind of take. So now I'm sitting there on the phone with a teacher asking her, "How do I get Ruby? Like, what would you recommend to get her to do these assignments?" Meanwhile, the teacher's not here watching her. They don't know. She's what like, do they know? She, she's like, "Well, you could try," and she's listing things that I've tried all these things, and it's like, and I'm like, "Oh, that's a great idea." Like I immediately mentally defer to a teacher, and I want to be like positive you know i'm sounding like an idiot like pretending like oh that's gonna work it's not gonna work i've tried all these things uh so it's yeah it's a real waste of time i know they have to do it i know part of it's like a social like they have to check check in with the parents to make sure everyone's like no one wants to kill themselves and whatever but i I really think that they should be the other way around don't you think the teachers should call me and i should tell them how their students are doing of course like no they should you should tell them how they're doing as yeah, how they're doing. Yeah, right. And we, this is the things we can work on. Yes, I like these math assignments you're sending out. I like when you read the book to the kids. Yes, on, you record yourself. 100%. I don't really like that you don't notice that they didn't return their assignments. That my daughter kinda, hasn't turned in a single assignment in ten weeks or whatever it is. Or ten. Yeah, I kind of need days. you to send me a nasty email, uh, being like, "Where is the assignment, Ruby?" To show her. Exactly. Can we work on that? So yeah, that's that's. I don't know if there's another well, one, but I'll be ready. I don't know. Good luck with that. We got to get to yeah. William Childress. He's waiting yeah. on the line. Let's patch him in. What do you say? Patch him in. All right, we're back with William Childress. Welcome to the show, dude. Hey, thanks, Turner. Good to be here. Yes. Cap, what's going yeah. on? Good. Good to uh, re- reconnecting. Patching in yeah. from you're our embedded journalist in uh, Georgia right now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm I'm uh, on the firing line right now. What um, is it? The, uh, yeah, because last week we had Misha Kalin on from Belarus, and um, it did really is the uh, equal level. I don't know, is it equal level of social distancing happening? Belarus is the is the Georgia of Europe at this point. Um, yeah, first of all, shout out to Misha. We almost had a threesome one time. That was fun. Um, <laughs> Who's the third? Oh, is it almost because you just ended up with Misha, or how does that? The third. <laughs> hey, no problem. <laughs> the third no one is the third person is going to be our guest next week. So you guys have to wait and see who that. Is. Yeah, every time I've been with a guy, I've always said I almost had a threesome. I swear there was a girl I was supposed to join. <laughs> well, look, I, I, look, it was uh, you know this was uh, before sobriety. So what's up? Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, 
so um, here in Georgia, we're the canary in the coal mine, I guess. Um, so a couple weeks ago, it was the first one of Governor Kemp. You might remember him from from being the Secretary of State and stealing the election from uh, Stacey Abrams, uh, who might be VP and President. Who knows? Oh, Secretary um, of State of Georgia. Is there? Yeah. Yes, not, not the country. Term. I know. I'm trying to think of like, was that before or after Hillary? I don't remember. Yeah, look, I think anything's possible. Um, yeah, but uh, so he he had a press conference where like he told everybody, "I just learned that um, that you can have it and be asymptomatic." And this was like <laughs> yes. a month ago. <laughs> it was like we all knew that, dude. You should be <laughs> one of the first people to know that. And if you did just learn it, don't tell us. Yeah, don't think outside. Don't say that part out loud. Yeah, things are scary enough as it is. And like a week later, he has a press conference. He's like, hey, guess what? We're opening back up. Surprise. <laughs> and, and and like didn't apparently didn't tell um, the mayor of Atlanta because there's a – if you're not from Georgia, there's a very adversarial relationship between people in Atlanta and people OTP outside the perimeter of Atlanta. Oh, wow. Which is largely a racial – breakdown it's like atlanta has a very different has a very different demographic than most of georgia and so like this was there's a distrust of atlanta or a dislike of atlanta from people outside of atlanta what does that mean is atlanta um white and the rest of georgia is black or what do you no no (laughs) can i answer that for you (laughs) atlanta atlanta is um i believe it was marketed as a black mecca um was the marketing slogan? Atlanta is, uh, I would say, sixty percent black, something like that. Um, okay, so it's still okay. Got it. Yeah, um, and he didn't consult with the mayor of the biggest city in the state, which is pretty much the state of Georgia. You know, like Georgia's other stuff than Atlanta. Uh, he didn't consult with the other mayors, and apparently, he did consult with Trump. And Trump was like, "Yeah, go ahead, open up super crazy early." And then, and then some turns on him. <laughs> yeah, as soon as he did it, and everybody was like, "Wow, this guy's an idiot." Trump's like, "Yeah, he's dumb, huh?" <laughs> that was the best. <laughs> yeah. So, what's it like? Is is it been like what a couple weeks now? So it's been a couple weeks, and so the, f- so the first thing that happened is right after he made the announcement, he loosened some of the shelter in place stuff, and so my my way of surveying this is that I go out every day with a mask and I go for a jog like just to stay sane. I do that once or twice a day. Um, really close to me is a thing called the belt line where they took an old railroad track and converted it to running path, bike path. Very common. You see it in cities all over the place. So that used to be like empty and there were signs on it. Like don't be on here if you don't have to be, you know, um, as soon as he made the announcement, like, people were, were filling up all the parks and stuff again, immediately. And they were wearing masks, but there was no distancing or anything like that. Cut to, like, two weeks later, there's nobody wearing masks. Uh, wow. There, I mean, there are, but, like, I went to the farmer's market the other day, and the farmer's market three weeks ago, you had to wait in a line six feet apart. You had to apply uh, you had to wash your hands in front of somebody. You had to have a mask. <laughs> That's great. So, like, Saturday when I went, it, almost everybody was wearing masks, but there were maybe, I counted in the 30 minutes I was there, a dozen people not wearing any protective gear at all. And, like, every single one of these people I stared down. 
and, right. and that's what you should get. Like, you, you don't want to wear masks. Like, whatever, fine. Just stay out of like a farmer's market. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, that's a pretty major. Especially like a farmer's market is a place where, at least in. <laughs> I'm judging this by Brooklyn, but it's like the most hipster place of all time. It's where you get the people who would be pro mask and all that kind of stuff. I would you're, yeah, you're exactly right. And that's the way the one is here. Um, the, the one closest to me, it's a lot of very white people in, um, in like fleece vests with dogs. Oh, my people. And, and children. And yeah. um, <laughs> thankfully, now, look, I love dogs, but like, don't, it's not a huge farmer's market. It's crowded. They've disallowed dogs currently because of COVID-19. And I would love for that rule. <laughs> this isn't relevant to any of your listeners. It's just me. Wait, what? that's the one thing they're enforcing. You're not, people are wearing masks, but they're not allowed to bring their dog. Like, well, like there, there is somebody enforcing it, but it's the kind of person that like, what kind of a bouncer does a farmer market? Have? Right. You know <laughs> <what> I mean? <laughs> this could be a job. Please. Out of work. Comedian. William. Yeah, bouncer yeah, at the, the farmers guy, I mean, market. I mean, they do have a bouncer at Trader Joe's now, which we've talked about on this podcast. Uh, they have the Trader. I last time I walked the Beltline, I walked by our Trader Joe's. There was a line around the store to get in. Yeah, and I was just like, yeah, I don't, I don't need sensibly priced produce. And um, yeah, but if you, you show know. up with three hot chicks, you get to skip the line. Yeah, <laughs> the velvet rope. Yeah, you know yeah, how that works. On the list. So is it? Because uh, Kaplan brought up a good point. I don't know if this was on the air or off the air, but he's saying this is at, at this. Uh, I think like a month ago, this was all dividing politically, and now it's more dividing. I think, um, what do you call them, t- uh, Cap? Uh, it's like personality types. There's yes. like extroverts, introverts, people who like want it, like, people who trust, people who are like overly well, cautious, and then people who are underly cautious in general are like. There's, there's no a lot of like, anymore. There's a lot of like, people on the left who are like, we got it. We got to get, I don't care. Like, yeah, I'm all for closing yeah. it off, but Hey, my, we went out to a barbecue and I, I was bad. You know, like that's the conversation. Yeah. It really is just like, how selfish are you? Some of yeah. that. It well, also like, depends on where you are. Like you live in Atlanta, correct? Yeah. Like I'm in the middle of the city. Like I'm, I'm, you know, yeah. So I think if like, we're all in places where yes, there's still a lot of, of virus happening. If you're somewhere out in the middle of nowhere, I don't think like America obviously is not one. You can't, yeah, like um, my parents, my parents go out and like, that's fine. They live in a tiny city in, in South Carolina. Like, yeah, everybody whatever. can figure it out. But, um, so what is it? Cause I also read that now over the weekend, this is an article from yesterday. Well, first of all, I want to ask this, how does it feel that there's a large portion of America rooting for people in Georgia to get coronavirus? Yeah. Almost like it's I, a, that's what you get type of thing. <laughs> that would make me feel not great. Yeah, us well, against them mentality. I would. <laughs> it, it like, it just. It or are just you also rooting? Are you also on that same, same team? I don't know about that. Like this also, it's just like a little bit of extra shit piled on to <clears throat> already like people being like, Oh, the South. Okay. You know, it's mm. like, it's, so it's just another thing, but Atlanta is so very different than the rest of Georgia. Um, but y- yeah, like I, so look, I just, I finished reading this book called pale rider, um, which is a history of the Spanish flu of 1918 and how it changed the world. Um, it's by Laura Spinney. Um, and I really recommend it because you learn that just like now in 1918, how seriously you took it fell along political lines with right. like one thing. It's 
only going to kill old people, and then that was quickly revised. Um, and, and so I know all this stuff. So what that teaches me is that there will be a second wave. And with the Spanish flu, most places, the second wave wasn't as bad. Um, I almost wonder it won't be as the second wave won't be as bad just because there are not people going to restaurants um, and bars. But this is what we're seeing right now, completely unscientific. I feel like this is building to the second wave. You mean so you're going to get it right? The reopening thing. Yeah, the fact that we're reopening so quickly. And, you know, it, the whole thing is some people are saying it's a – the reopening, it, we are going to be like a test case. And also it allows um, companies to fire to, – it allows companies to hire workers for not showing up if they're afraid of safety. Ah, I didn't think about that. Yeah, and so it clears the state's unemployment role. And so we're an at-will. Um, right, your unemployment number. I read something about that. It's like the way you guys do unemployment is like a disaster. Yeah, for right? sure. <laughs> you know, I would believe that more it's to like to to prove something to Daddy Trump, and then to uh, destroy the meager benefits that some people are getting. I see. So if you, if now all these companies are allowed to rehire, then it's not like well, you're not actually like for Kaplan and I. It's almost a joke. This like, well, how many jobs did you look for this week? It's like, well, there's nothing existing in New York State. Right, and, and you're also not supposed to be looking for a job with the whole point of this unemployment. So it's like different than normal times. So it's like, yeah. But if you're in a state like Georgia, it's a real question. Like, well, did you go out? Did you go knock on doors? Did you apply? You're like, no, I don't want to die. Question, and then the, 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 the boss can say, well, you know, I have to, you know, I'm not paying for you any longer. You can come in. And you can't collect unemployment because, like, you're out of the job because you're furloughed. Now you're back on, but if you don't want to show up because you're worried about your health, well, like, tough. Like, I, I'm going to fire you, and you can't collect unemployment. Mm. Got it. Like, so is that is that ha- like what kinds of is everything open now? Like, what where are we at in the no, opening part? No, there's a ton of stuff that's not open, and like I would say that. <clears throat> so I, I looked at numbers earlier that said that. So clearly, a couple weeks ago. The, num- the percentage of people staying home from restaurants was 100. Well, now, even after like two weeks of Georgia being reopened, in Georgia, it's at like 93% of people are still staying home. Right. Okay. So it's not, at least, In all so of Georgia good. or just in Atlanta? In all, in all of Georgia. And so restaurants you can go to and they just have to be at 25% capacity or something like that? Or is there, that, or is that, very, that was tech- very few restaurants that are open at all that are not just for takeout. Right. For those, there's like spacing rules and there's lighting and there's, mm. you know, other precautions they have to take. But like Waffle House has been open for weeks. <laughs> Waffle, Waffle House. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but I mean, like, if you, the, if the, if you never sit next to, you never sit near anybody at Waffle House. You always sit in different corners of shame. Yeah, but they always away. come over and chat with you. Uh, oh, look, I'm, I don't know what you're talking about. I've never been to Waffle House. It wasn't packed. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I always. The photo they used in the Atlanta Journal Constitution to talk about people going back to restaurants was a photo inside Waffle House. That's pretty great. So William, nobody was wearing. It is interesting. So then ninety three. So people are kind of like self policing, self deciding on this. Like you said, you still wear a mask. You're still staying inside most of the time. Is that the case? Yeah, because there was an article maybe in the Times recently about um, 
the fact that even in states where things are open back up, people are self are still self segregating from that. They're still saying like, no, I don't. Want and there's a tremendous amount of restaurants. Like you know how like you'll follow some of your local places on Instagram or whatever. Well, a bunch of those restaurants have been saying like, hey, we don't think it's safe to open up, so we're just still offering takeout, and that's it. Mm, and that's- I feel like that's the way it's going to go, but it was kind of jarring. I walked up the street, and there's a brand-new salon that went into the corner of this development, and it was open the other day. And that boggled my mind. I was not ready for that. (laughs) Was it full? No, absolutely not. There was one lady in there getting her hair done. Well, because I was just thinking, like, people, everyone, all those people who want things to be open, you want, you want, you want. And then the second you see it full, you might be like, well, I'll go later when it's not full. Like, so it, it could naturally, I guess, keep numbers down at some point. It's just it, like it is psychology. It's so odd, though, when you've been inside for a month or whatever it might be, and in the minute you go outside, you see people living normal lives that you're not living. I mean, last weekend here in uh, Virginia, where I am, we went, uh, Ye and I went to walk down to a park on like a Saturday afternoon. And we've been this like super, super diligent so, uh, staying inside people. We go outside, we walk down the street to the park. We have masks on. I would say 75% of the people don't have masks on. And... Mm. Almost an equal 75% are not social distancing at all. They're just having barbecues, hanging out with like 10, like groups of 10 friends together. Clearly they don't all live in the same house. And you're like immediately like, wow, like I'm like, what's going on? This is twilight zone. It's an odd reality that you're living in a different one from everyone else. It's an odd. And there is, um, on the route that I, that I walk every day, there's a house where anytime I would walk by in the afternoons, there'd be like, eight or nine people on the porch in the same eight or nine people. I assumed it was like the people that lived in that house, you know, that was cut up into apartments and then maybe their neighbors. And like, honestly, the past couple of weeks, the numbers of people out on that porch have dwindled. So I wonder mm. like, if they've been cut down, I don't know. Are um, people, what about you? Like your friends, how are people, um, are, do you have, do you have friends who are like, it's over and they're just going out and going to bars or are most people like not buying it, not buying. No, it? there's no, there's no bars open. I have some friends. Oh. I have some comic friends who like one of, one of my friends works at the mellow mushroom and like, he's been going in the entire the mellow mushroom. The What's that? Place. That's Shout a great out. name. Oh, no. Mushroom is like a hippy dippy pizza chain in the South. Like, Got it. It's real. It's real good pizza. It's real good pizza. Um, the uh, but he's been going into work like a little bit the entire time. Like he hasn't been off of work at all. Um, but that's like takeout delivery type stuff. Takeout delivery, and now I think they're just straight up open. So and then there's, you know, I, yeah, the people in the service industry. Well, they're scared, you know, because it's they have to go to work and they also might get sick and die from it, you know, and. Yeah. Um, so are we not opening up a comedy club then next week or what are we? <laughs> uh, no, I wanna, I'm going to open a speakeasy. We're going to have comedy speakeasy here. There you go. You get a testing kit at the door. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but like the, what you said about people living their normal lives, that's, that's what's weird to see. Like I was in the park the other day and there's a really beautiful park uh, right next to me. Um, really idyllic rolling hills. And like on the top of every hill was a picnic, you know? Mm. And, Part of you is like, well, this is nice to see, but then part of you is like, this is terrifying. It's a real fine line, too, I feel like, because, like, in New York, yesterday was a nice day out, and it was, 
like last week, I felt like everyone, it was a nice weekend out, but everyone was in masks and police were out giving out masks and people seemed like they were distant. And then yesterday, I didn't see as many, nearly as many masks and people were like you just said, like it's groups of six, eight, ten people who are all friends, I guess. And they're all sitting together and they're sitting far away from someone else, but they're together. So they're yeah, and also, have, they, yeah. have they been near, has every one of those individuals been near someone else during the week? And has that person been, you know, it's the way yeah. that it fought, but it's it's weird like i um i actually went on a i went on a first date like a week ago wow <laughs> how did that uh, go there's like no, we went, not on zoom like a real date like a real date we met in the park nearby during um, the quarantine you met yep wow. um, holding yeah. hands is me too we look here's how it went in quarantine so we, i talked about we both walked in the park we both liked exercise in the park so she says, okay, I'm going to be at Freedom Park at 7. I go to meet her, and, like, I'm wearing, like, my workout stuff, like my Lululemon short shorts with a built-in phone pocket and, you know, like, my Under Armour uh, shirt that's a little too tight. And, like, she's dressed, like, nice. And, like, she's dressed in, like, nice jeans and, like, a blouse. Oh, wow. Like, See, like, that's a real oh. cool guy move by you. you that was like, I was like, oh, sorry, I was just getting a little jog. But it was <laughs> – I don't think the right move. Uh, and another thing is like just seeing a person in the flesh, like a new person was so titillating and like just seeing like, honestly, like seeing human flesh, it was not and, like <laughs> flesh like, sounds a little sounds uh, like a, success, a successful date. Sounds like you're about to murder her. <laughs> she, like, she was fully clothed, but she wasn't wearing her shoes. And like, I think oh, I kept looking at her hot. feet. Because, like, I'm not a foot guy at all. I think are creepy. No offense, Cap. I think yeah. they're – but, like, I couldn't help look at her big, dirty feet. Yeah. And <laughs> and I was just – and I think maybe she picked up on that. I don't know. Um, well, it's like you're getting a sneak peek of what it's like to date in uh, in, in Islam cultures because you have – you're used to people being covered and now they take oh, off yeah. the mask and then boom, you're like, oh, oh the guy. Yeah. Well, I have, a, yeah. I have a question here. What was um, – I want to get back to this you wearing workout clothes thing in a minute. But uh, <laughs> but what was it – did you find that your like rap, your game, your, um, your conversational skills were better? Or are they worse because you haven't done it in a while? Mm. You had to practice? Good question. How did it go? Uh, uh, I found – oh, they're worse. It was for sure rusty. I was much better. We had a really nice rapport uh, over uh, instant messaging, over text mm. and stuff that did not necessarily carry into the in-person date. Um, this is why, um, you know, like I, I think like 22-year-olds have a hard time on dates because like their whole life, you know, has been – It's I don't know. We we all are old enough to where we, we did date uh, in person – before we meeting someone in person before meeting them online used to be like incredibly normal. That's yes. how I met my wife. That's how cap I think. But you met, but he met, they met in person too. So you had had it, right? You did talk. No, I'm to saying, someone. but he, but not yeah. having talked to someone in person. Right, right. Was wild. This girl, this girl, we had, we had first met after the quarantine. Right. That's what I'm saying. Uh, so you, you think you'd have this natural uh, connection of the quarantine, but. Yeah, no. I guess I no. fucked up. No. Right. <laughs> Cuz you know, once you find a mate during the quarantine, you're kind of it's a big decision cuz you're stuck with that person until this is over. You can't like you know play what? around. Probably think. thinking that in her head too. Yeah. And also, she's like she was like 25. Oh, wow. Uh, I'm yeah. More than that, 25-year-old flesh. Look at that. Flesh. I think yeah. we should tone it down with the word flesh. But look, this is like it is, this is like, being recorded. 
<laughs> it is like in Islam or like in a um in like a Jane Austen novel where she's yeah. just like I you know like you're just oh, beaten she, off to like seeing somebody in person. Oh, her mask. <laughs> she she lowered her mask a little bit, and I saw her lips. And <laughs> yeah. So what? Um, what, I'm what, not saying I beat off to this person. That's that's mm, inappropriate. Yeah, it happened. We got it. We got. It. I mean, I was texting to Turner the other yesterday when it was out in the park that like I saw two girls making out, and normally my normal my normal reaction is wow, there's two girls making out, but now my reaction was like, how did these people meet during a quarantine? Because clearly they're not a couple. Because no couple is passionately making out in public. Not six when they're weeks at the park. In, Not six weeks not, into quarantine. Not six weeks in a quarantine. They're murdering each other. They're not. They're going to the park by themselves. Six weeks into quarantine. So I'm fascinated by anybody who meets during this quarantine. That's well done. Well, like Just the there. thing was, I had to like, I had to to feel proud about it because one night we were talking and she was like, "Oh, there's all these people having like a little like a, a block party down the street from me," and I was like, "Oh yeah, there's <laughs> Jesus, just, really." Oh my God. I was like, oh, this is Georgia, remember? And I was like, uh, I texted back, like, oh, yes, I hear there's people meeting. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) Ha ha ha. Unless. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's like when you're in high school, if you were met a girl or something and she wanted you to do some drug that you never did. And you're like, do I do I say no? Do I, I mean, she's gonna think I'm not cool. Like, yeah. yeah. But you being the, 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 the narc or whatever who doesn't want to be fun or go to this party, block party. Yeah, for sure. Um, and what about? Um, oh, there's one more layer. Sorry, go ahead. But there's one more layer to the chaos in Georgia. I got to touch on. What were you going to ask? I have a couple more dating questions, but I don't want to move on. Yes, no. Let's let's not move on from this. Okay, well okay. So, what would have been like in your mind? What like what's the end game to this date? Like, you obviously can't. Uh, are you just saying, hey, if I get if I you know if she's if everything's well, we going well, we I'll get coronavirus no. if I have to. No, get the it. thing is, you fool yourself into thinking, well, she looks clean, the same as I've done in many <laughs> other occasions. <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah, okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, she has herpes, but like she definitely does have corona. I can just tell. So. Yeah, it's not. Full, yeah, exactly. Full blown. You know, <laughs> literally pick your poison. So. No, but I think, you know. And she's the doing the next, same with you, I guess. Well, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And the next step would just be like, well, let's just meet up. But, I mean, we didn't touch during the date. We touched elbows at the end. We were both uh. like, <laughs> we, we stood up and we were like, oh uh, so what are, we, what, are we, uh, what are we trying to do here? <laughs> it's good. There's no pressure, though. There's always that pressure to make the first move on a first date. And now it's like, it's like built in that you're not going to make a move because that'd be, so it's like, you can just be relaxed. Well, she was the one that brought up meeting. And so, so what happened was she saw me do a Zoom comedy show. Oh. No way! Look at that. Well, uh, Yay's not going to let Turner do any more Zoom comedy shows. <laughs> no, yeah, groupies. That's not, that's, Zoom that's groupies? Not, Zoom groupies, baby. <laughs> that's not, that's not how we met. That, that is, um, uh, <laughs> um sorry the, sorry there was a person texting me about coming over to watch a movie tonight really oh my god oh this is a new world shame them name their name no no, 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 no it's, it's legal not. it's legal in georgia oh right Kaplan. that's right i keep forgetting hey yeah. we're not breaking the law in that regard um yeah but the what was your question I wanted no. You were telling us about you have a Zoom group. Oh no, no. So we had already met off of like Bumble, I think, and got along well. And then at some point, I was like, "Hey, I'm doing this comedy show. Oh. If you want to see it." She watched it and, and at first she pretended not to, but then she let something slip that she had to have seen the show to to think. I got it. Um, 
And so for whatever reason, after seeing me do stand-up, she still wanted to meet, which was surprising to me. You're a funny man, William Childress. <laughs> but not on this Zoom comedy show. It was terrible. Oh, really? And, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, you did um, – I think you did the Zoom show. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. No, I've done – I've done – I did better the second Zoom show I did. This was the first Zoom show I did. So um, the first Zoom show is like a first stand-up show. My first one we did is a demo, like practice to see if we wanted to do our show. We did it for about 10 friends and family. And thank God we did because there's a lot of bumps along the way the first time you do it. Uh, yeah. There, it's, the timing is a big deal. You know, uh, yes. we had it set up. Like I've told you before, where the, uh, the comics were unmuted in Zoom and then the Zoom broadcast cast over twitch that way you wouldn't get audience hecklers um, no. but it was uh so yeah then she actually brought up like so i think we should like meet before we talk too much more i guess um and then we met and we haven't really talked much since then so <laughs> well, i mean i mean you showed up in gym shorts so <laughs> and why you know, yeah that's what i wanted to get to why did i miss a part where you said that that was like you guys were going to work out together or yeah because well, i no, thought they met no, at the park no, we had talked week. about we both liked to work out at that park oh and i don't know why like in my head i was like well, i'm gonna go for a walk i figured we were gonna walk around the park together yeah but then i get there and she has a blanket underneath a tree <laughs> Oh, she went on an romantic mean, picnic. This is such like a guy thing. You're like, well, listen, I'm not getting late anyway. There's no reason for me to like really get spruced <laughs> up for this event. <laughs> exactly. Now, you know what? I was, I was, I had a little spritz of cologne. It was my yeah. um, Mason Margella replica jazz club, which is a great scent. I picked up that. Oh, you know, you know how I found out about that cologne was an interview with uh, Houston Texans wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins. That's where I go for all my styling tips. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> good player. Yeah. You know, you can always trust smelling like an athlete. Uh, but yeah, so, I haven't worn cologne in like seven years, I think. So, so my move was like gym slick. I'm talking nice gym clothes. All right. I'm wearing my Adidas Ultra Boost. I got my Lululemon shorts on that, that are a little, honestly, too short. Too short for what I'm Stockton like. Like, like, a, like real, like a lot of white thigh real estate. Mm. It's like if, if she's into 80s basketball players, she'd be into this. But it could not have been. It could not have been. I could have hid my legs better. Mm. Um, now, wearing shorts on a date at all it seems strange to me as a man. I don't I think I ever. Did you ever wear shorts on a date, Turner? I, I no, I don't think so. Yeah. Well, you know what, guys? I'll never wear them again. <laughs> like cargo shorts? No. <laughs> cargo shorts. Uh, no. Wait, I, have, I have another question. What about? So I was reading that um, over the weekend. There's no stats out yet on who's. You know what this is doing if cases are going up, really, because it's only been what a couple of weeks and that takes yeah. time. But it did say they did say sixty four thousand people came in over the weekend from out of state to use your I don't know if it's your barber shops or your bowling alleys or whatever, toilets. Your toilets. Is this seen as like, hey, it's a good thing? Look how great our economy is now doing, or yeah, they're like, awesome, like keep out the outsiders, like in Hawaii, you know, they hate the how. Well, it depends on who you're asking i'm sure that look i'm sure the people that own some of these businesses are like scared but thankful right like i have to you know as crazy as this is like it's going to be helping some of these people but also think about the type of person who crosses state boundaries in <laughs> pandemic to yeah. go bowling and 
have a sit down meal and get their hair done. Like, is that a person you really want? <laughs> yeah. You're, se- you're actually self-selecting the wrong people. Yeah. You're, I think you're fine doing without them. Like, you know, if we just opened up libraries or something, that'd be different. But... <laughs> Nobody's crossing state boundaries to, yeah, to, to borrow check a, out book. a book. Yeah, check, yeah. Yeah. I need to get yeah. that new book. We're going to Atlanta. <laughs> um, yeah. Tashin has a new coffee table book. Out. <laughs> um, but it, so that is that is kind of scary. On top of all this, Georgia was like, you know what we're going to do is if you have a learner's permit, we're going to go ahead and upgrade that full license. Oh, yeah, we're going to No tests required because you know how good drivers in Atlanta and Georgia are. They So 20,000 teenagers were given full licenses last week. I mean, it's I, so, just amazing. So it's so great. So you basically, a learner's permit for people who are in America, you just take a written test, right? Like that's still you the take case. a written test and you yeah. should have your parent in the car beside you to tell you when to brake and to, you know, turn down ski mask, the slump God, you're blaring it too loud. So this is great because yeah, my wife currently has a learner's permit in America. Her theory being, she looked it up. You could keep it for three years. So she's like, well, for the next three years, I'll only drive when you're in the car and you have a mm. license. So now, but she didn't want to have to uh, actually get a license because she's like, I don't have time to like what hire an instructor and go get 40 hours on the road or whatever it is. I'll just take the That's- test. So she has a learner's permit. So now what we're going to do fly her dad over from China and we can go to Georgia. And as long as yeah. her dad's in the car, she can now um, get a driver's license. Is that correct? Wait, what's the dad? Have to do she doesn't oh, need the need... dad in the car anymore. If she moved to Georgia, she would just have a license. Yeah, she just moved to Georgia. Oh. Why does she need her dad? Do we have to move there? Can we just drive down for the weekend? <laughs> we're in, we're in, uh, we're in uh, Virginia right now. We can rent a camper van, win a bank. Well, here's what you're going to need. You're going to need uh, a bill or a uh, utility bill with a proof of rent. And we can buy this. Is gonna, this is going to be the number one thing you guys could have done to get the really wildly popular 16 year olds to move to your city. Like, it's going to be like when you, when you used to go across the border to Canada to buy beer. Phone. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. except with, with except people are going to die as a result because people don't know how to drive. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's like, uh, yeah, it's like, because isn't the whole thing they keep saying they're like coronavirus? Like they, they, everyone who wants to reopen cites these statistics about how many people die of car accidents every year. And we don't get rid of cars. Yeah. And then George is just taking this to new streams. We're going to like increase car accidents <laughs> to like lower the, yes. but so congratulations. So William, what is your, now that like the government, I mean, it sounds like 93% of people aren't necessarily relying on the state government to tell them when to open up and when not to like for you, what would you kind of on your own? Like, what is your what? What are you watching to be like? Okay, now it's safe to well, talk to the mask. Now it's safe. That's to a good question. Yeah, because so like we have one of the things I'm looking at is when I will go back into my office. That's uh, my day job, and our boss gets little updates every week. Every Friday, he makes a video. In the past couple of weeks, he's been like, "Look, I'm in the office. You can come in if you want. We're going to institute a policy soon." But for right now, if you want to come in, you can come in. We're all taking precautions. There's distancing. There's markings and stuff. And that's nice. But I'm not going back into my office until he says, okay, everyone has to return. Like, right. it, it's going to be they're, – they're going to want you to just come in on your own volition. No, I'm not going to do that. It's not the time to kiss the boss's ass with, with doing, going the extra mile. 
No, and I, and to be honest, I think he's maybe not expecting it. But like people are gonna, of course, they're gonna look at it like that. Yeah. Is like I want to be, you know, in. I'm gonna go say hi to him every day, whatever. I'm a like, go getter. I'll look, go get I'm it, yeah. gonna go in when I have to go in, and we're already gonna do a policy where like half the people are in the office at any given time. So I'll work from home Monday, Wednesday, Friday, one week. You know, Tuesday, Thursday, the next. But you're so right. If you work at Applebee's right now, and the the middle manager or like the you know the shift manager is like, if you're not coming in tomorrow, you're if you don't want to come in tomorrow, you're fired. Well, then yeah. that's kind of your only choice, right? Because if you, if you, what is it? There's like a, so you can get you in Georgia, you get unemployment if you're fired for certain reasons, but like, if you're fired for not showing up or refusing to come in, oh, yeah. like you do not get it. Oh, that's um, a bummer. Yeah. We're the worst. Well, and and we're the worst. What about, yeah. uh, last question now, here. What, what about, uh, or for me at least, what about, um, has anyone tiptoed into live comedy or is that like seen as something in the scene as like, you just don't do it? No, you wouldn't do it. So what happened here, probably similar to other venues, other scenes, not venues, um, was that a lot of the independent shows, like the minute that like the laughing skull was like, Hey, we're shutting down when that happens. Cause the laughing skull first went to like, we're reducing capacity. We're going under 50 people, which that was the first, um, guideline. Yeah. And then they were like, yeah, we just, we're not doing this. And once that happened, the independent shows started like maybe there were a couple shows that were ha- happening the next night or the next, but very quickly, you know, uh, people were like, yeah, we're not doing shows. So, and so now a bunch of people have zoom shows. Some of the bigger sh- laughing skull has a zoom show. Um, star bar with Rodney Lee has a zoom show every Monday. Um, and a couple of the other long-running shows, recurring shows, have Zoom versions now. I haven't heard anybody talk about when we're going back because, one, the venues aren't even going to be open. And when they are, let's say you used to have a Tuesday night mic at this bar. Well, the bar is now open. They have reduced number of people they're allowed to have in. They're not going to want to reduce that further to have your comedy show when they're trying to recoup money. You know, they desperately need every cent of that Tuesday night full crowd. Oh, yeah, because they would have to take space away from the regular. Yeah, they're not going to take space away. They already are losing. Yeah. So that show I'm going to start for months. And then, you know, so whenever things open back up, unless you have a dedicated comedy venue, which is a fraction of the shows, right? Unless you have that, you're not going to have a show for a while. I think you got to rethink the whole bar thing because of what you just said. And maybe like. What about hair salons? Is it t- they seem to be open. Bowl- about, do do I, some no, comedy there. Bowling alley. Like, yeah, bowling alleys. Yeah. William, you They're and I have open. talked about this for the yeah, past couple of weeks. Yeah, we talked about doing a bowling alley show. And, and what I remember is when I was in uh, Laos, I was in Luang Prabang. <laughs> and everything in Luang Prabang, it's like this sleepy uh, hill, uh, you know, hilltop town the, the the French used to go to when it was too hot in the lowlands. Um, everything closes at 11 p.m., but then all the tuk-tuk drivers will take you to the bowling alley, which is open to like, 2. So the bowling alley is like, it's, it's international waters. It has its own laws. <laughs> it's like any good town. Yeah. yeah. So, like, that's what Atlanta's going to be like. I'm going to go to Midtown Bowl and mm. put on a comedy show. I and guarantee you, could, you somebody's already thought of this. And you can really social distance because you can have people out on the lanes watching. <laughs> you know? Are they gonna are really? They're gonna really allow bowling to be open with those? Like the shoes seem like a it disaster. Is open. Which, bowling is bowling open right, right now. now. But you share shoes, Cap. I can go bowl. I can go. I can go bowl right this second. 
And and you have to like what's their? I, I'm just fascinated by what they do with those shoes and everybody. They never disinfected their shoes in years. Yeah, they hey, spray look, them. We get the spray. Everybody knows that feet <laughs> do not convey viruses. Oh, okay. Windows, <laughs> no brainer. All right, well, Willie, we're going to get to the news. Uh, do you got to run or do you want to stick around and do a couple stories with us? Either way works. No pressure on you. Uh, I got to bounce. I'm gonna, I got somebody coming up for. All right. Oh, you got somebody. Oh, oh, oh my got God. another date? Oh, yeah. <laughs> actually, I, actually, I don't know if it's a date. We'll see. Oh, we're in, don't wear gym shirts. Just be safe. Put on a pair of pants. No Lululemon. I'm putting on, I'm putting nope. on my track pants. There track you go. There <laughs> you go. Split <laughs> the difference. Anything. You got to get the cologne out. Any Zoom shows or anything people can watch coming up? Uh, I don't have any Zoom shows scheduled at the moment, but if you follow me on Twitter or Instagram at Hey It's Chili H E Y I T S C H I L I, um, I'll announce stuff on there. And uh, yeah, I'll be I'll be getting on some Zoom shows uh, here. And uh, yeah, man, sounds great. And Hey It's Chili, it's a hilarious thing. It's like one of the five things you need to follow on Twitter. Uh, you're so I'll funny on there. Oh, you're sweet. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Yeah. All right, William. Thank you for doing right. it. Good luck on the See date guys. tonight. Yeah, appreciate it. <laughs> we will another day. Go, go easy on the cologne. You don't want too much. <laughs> I, I drank a little bit. Subtle, subtlety. There you go. All right, DeAndre Hopkins. All right, bye guys. Thanks. See you later. See you, William Cap. Let's get to the news. Yeah, play the music. Play the music. Kaplan, William Childress, what a man, what a legend, what a still dating during Corona. I like that. Yeah, that was educational, not in the way I thought it was going to be. And then I actually feel like Georgia isn't as much of a disaster as I, I as I, my head in my cartoonish image. He made it seem like I thought everything Kaplan, was open. I, yeah. No, this is the, you know, I, I think I feel like this is the real. I try to talk about this in the podcast as much as possible, but nothing is what the uh, CNN, Fox News, mm, nothing the is what they want you to believe it is. Well, CNN doesn't. I mean, Fox News doesn't doesn't want you to think Georgia's bad, but yeah. Well, CNN uh, wants you to think Georgia's terrible. Fox News wants you to think New York City's terrible. Neither one of these people. There's. It's just. Uh, it's, you listen well, it's to like, us. Don't listen to them. Yeah. Because they, honestly, in New York, we're telling you the real news. I'm I'm here in the city, and I can tell you. People are on the parks here, and they're they're all very they smug. They they you know they thumb their nose at Georgia, but they're not. They're only doing like a ten percent better job. It sounds like so. exactly. So anyway, ninety three percent of the people are still staying in. That's what that's something I learned. That's that's good yes. to hear. But Cap, first news story of the week comes to us from the New York Post, the only mm. news, the news that's fit to print, the official newspaper of this paper of New York. Americans turn to hunting amid fears of coronavirus food shortages. Which I like. You do? Have I, you ever hunted? No, but I fancy myself. I feel like I have it in my blood, you know? Yeah. With that New Mexico blood I got in me. And it's, uh, I would, I would, can you hunt pigs? That's my question. Cause that's the food I'm worried about. That's the shortage that's, I'm worried that's about. Where's my bacon? You know, I think you got to find an, a wild animal that's similar to a pig. Uh, you know, like a boar or something. Is that is that similar to a pig? Like, what's a similar? There's no pigs aren't wild. They're domesticated animals. Unless you break into someone's farm and hunt it there. Is that hunting? I don't. Yeah, I think that counts as hunting. If, if you, you kill somebody's it. pet pig, yeah, if you shoot you something, you hunted it. That's hunting. I mean, the zoos right now are basically like skeleton crews. They're they're like they're all closed. So 
you have your pick of lots of animals. Are there pigs at zoos? I don't know. Yeah, but, uh, no, petting zoos have pigs. So did Gary Sparks ever take you hunting as a kid? Like, have you ever gone? You have no, no, I've never been yeah. in my life. We weren't a hunting yeah. family. Um, Uncle Keith is a hunter, but he, he's more... <laughs> I don't know if hunter is even the term. He does a bit of hunting, but he does more shooting. Like he goes to tournaments and he shoots clay pigeons and stuff. Yeah, because because it, it it reminds me that Randy Kaplan was saying that you in her hate mail that you had some gun story that you never told. I think he still never told it, but uh, oh, well, I'll tell it one. on the Patreon show. Gary Sparks. So, well, we have guns in our family. We are Americans. Yeah, you know? so I'm. I, we're not Americans. We don't have guns. We 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 uh, we don't know how to hunt. I can't squint. It's really this is discrimination against me. Well, so, you, need to, you need to send me more. If this becomes the way we're going, you need to send me more of a stimulus check because I can't hunt. I don't have any ability. Unless I wrestle. Is there an animal I can wrestle and kill with my bare hands? What, I mean, you what? can go catch fish with your hands. I think people do Oh, that. I do live on the East River. I can go fishing. I there fish. you go. There and things are clean. The environment's being cleaned up by all the less smog. So maybe the fish are, are, are safer here. Oh, exactly. And there's also rats. I can kill some rats in the, <laughs> the life cycle. Started with eating bats. Not like you eat rats to bring it back. I don't know. Yeah. But. Speaking of this, Kaplan, I saw this morning. I was teaching my class at 7 a.m. Teaching the Chinese kid. And um, I saw a fox in my brother's backyard. A full-grown <laughs> fox. Wow. This really, they're really coming. It's just the animals are taking over. The animals are did taking it, over the city. So I could have sit out here and I could sit on the back did, porch and shoot a fox. Did the, did the mouse do anything to chase him away? Or No, I don't know. The mouse is long gone. Maybe the fox is looking for the mouse. But anyway, that's that. I'm down. I'm going to shoot some um, cows and pigs. That's what I'm going to hunt. And then, and then, and then, then we have to learn how to cut it up. And I don't even know how to do any of that. So I don't know how to make bacon. Yeah. Did you get that? You know, so you guys don't have a crossbow though, right? Not that I know of, no. Uh, But anyway, last story of the pod, last story of the week comes to us from Fox News, Kaplan. Hiker, Mm. hiker celebrating end of coronavirus lockdown in Kazakhstan falls to her death while posing for a selfie photo. (laughs) I like Uh, this story. And I'm going to, this on the surface, this sounds like a downer of a story, but ultimately it's heartwarming. Yeah, uh, because it, what it's telling us is that people are getting on with their lives, you know, back. Yeah, in they're back to being idiots. Yeah, we're back to being morons. People used to that's a, it was a charm of life when someone would die, taking fall off a cliff, taking a selfie. And that hasn't happened over the last few months because everyone's been inside. And it's just good to hear people are getting back out. Yeah. And it's very on brand for Kazakhstan, I feel like. And uh, does that count as a coronavirus death? Does that go to their numbers? I feel like it should. I mean, I don't think anything does. I think every country in the world is trying to make nothing count against the coronavirus numbers because that's the numbers the world is watching. Nobody's there's no ticker that we can look up on falling off a cliff because you took a selfie. Yeah, because every well, people are trying to minimize it are doing that whole thing where they're like all these percentage of people had pre underlying conditions, which is like, yeah, but that's why every. Like that's just how you die. That's how you die from things. Yeah, eighty-year-olds so, have pre-existing conditions. They're all so. This isn't an underlying connection of being a, a dumb millennial or something. Is like to t- have to take a selfie at all moments and not notice that you're on a cliff. So exactly. I, so this counts as coronavirus. What I'm trying to say. Market. Put another extra in the Kazakhstan file. So one more for Kazakhstan. That's it, Kaplan. That is the podcast. Thank you to William Childress. Everybody go to turnersparks.com. Get tickets to my Friday night, every Friday night now, show on Zoom, yeah. the living room show. And also, I should say, it's a clean show. So bring your kids. Everybody, bring, can, everybody can watch. Yeah, groupies, be, you know, don't, don't be cussing out there. Don't be cussing. That's it. <laughs> Cap, what should we do? Let's, uh, 
Uh, Serenity now in honor of Jerry Stiller and get lost. Get lost. (laughs) 